Reese, Bibbs, put the game on, man. I'm trying to see what Luca and them boys gonna do tonight, man. Mavs outside this podcast. Y'all know what time it is. Hello, folks, and welcome back yet again to another edition of the Mavs Outsiders Podcast. I am one host. We usually do. I want half of your hosts, Mike Bibbins, on Twitter at Bibbs Corner, at Bibbs Film for all the movie stuff. And I'm joined as always by my co hosts, Maurice Williams, at Mind of Reese, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Find them, search them, Mind of Reese podcast, uh, Bibbs Corner podcast, by the way, for myself. And uh, we're just coming off the dub, Reese. How you feeling? Or you can, you know, take your time. Because I could, I haven't heard the song in a while, and I couldn't remember <laughs> if they said "hater" or the other word. I'm pretty but sure you did. You get the clean version? Is that that's what? the explicit version? All right. So okay. we lucked up, <laughs> man. I, I I can't. You know, before before we started this, I was like, you know what? I'm about to cue up a song because I can't really explain how I feel <laughs> in words right away. And originally, the song I had queued up was "Hallelujah." Yes, I had Hallelujah queued up, the original Hallelujah, sung by Leonard Cohen. Literally, up until you asked me, how you feeling? That's said, a hell of a transition. I, I said, I'm switching to head buses because I'm feeling ignorant. I don't know how you made that transition that quick. I don't right. know how I made Hey, look, that's that's really how my library is. I can be singing Bye, 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 NSYNC, and next thing you know, NBA Youngboy is playing. It, it happens like that. That's that's crazy. You know what else was crazy? What's that? These Mavericks. I, I gotta stop whispering in the mic too. Um, yeah, I tend to do that a lot too. I'm gonna hold it closer. You know yeah, what? You if, get I'm, close if I'm to loud, the mic. if I'm loud, then you know. We gotta be loud. We gotta be over the engine. We gotta be over the the shower. You yeah, know. I'm gonna lie. I was listening to the last episode of the car earlier when I was driving on the highway, <laughs> and it was kind of low. I was like. I was like, damn, where our audio at? Like, Couldn't even hear you over the uh, intro music. Right. Like, yeah, <laughs> it, it was bad. So I got to no more, uh, no more Reese getting close to the mic. Oh, baby, let me whisper in here. Hey, don't do, that, <laughs> don't do that, man. Don't do that, man. <laughs> don't do that, man. Don't do that, man. No more Reese getting close to the mic effect since, you know, I'm going to be close to the mic. You can just tap maybe on if, it. Maybe if. There you go. That's beautiful. Testing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um damn, what time did we start this? I'm trying to keep track of the time. Whatever. It don't matter. Um yeah, uh heck of a game, man. I got so I got a, I got a lot of things I want to say. I know you said you didn't maybe have too much. Yeah, um, I, 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 just yeah, not much. Okay, not look. really in depth on much. I mean, a few things, but it's really just like 
uh, compare and contrast from last game. Okay, so yeah, I, w- I want to run through it. So, I know you, uh, you probably got used to hearing bibs for a while on this ad, but uh, I'm going to take over the reins again uh, to tell you a bit about our ad, our sponsor, Anchor. Uh, back in 2020, during the pandemic, I finally took the opportunity to start my own podcast. The only issue was I had no idea where to start. Um, I didn't have any podcast equipment, uh, no camera, no microphone, you know, uh, any things that you see in a studio. But what I did have was my cell phone And that's why I discovered the Anchor app. Anchor is the perfect app for new podcasters, for beginning podcasters, for people to start their very own podcast. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Like I mentioned, when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast through other platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. So it's doing most of the work for you. All you have to do is hit play, press record, and get your work out there to the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And the best thing of all, Anchor is totally free. And on top of it being free, you can acquire your own sponsors like the ad I'm doing right now through Anchor. So you have an app for free that you can possibly make money off of. Seems like a fantastic deal to me. If you're interested in starting your own podcast with the Anchor app, make sure you download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Tell them Reese sent you. I think, uh, you know, last game was, like I said, it was a house money game at the end of the day. Um, We shouldn't have been up to one. So losing that game, it didn't hurt me that much, honestly. Um, I think it would have felt cheap almost to have Luca come in with a lead and and take it home. So to have it go back even and have the Jazz smell themselves for a second, (laughs) to have the Jazz smell themselves for a second and then come out and and humble them like this. Cheap my ass. Imagine if we beat them last game and we – Ended, we probably wouldn't have did this tonight. It, 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 hey, look, all I'm saying is if if we ended them like this today mm. with a 30-point game, putting them out of their misery, breaking their spirit, and breaking that team up for good. Twitter there would be a lot of January Dallas babies. That's, that's, that's what would happen. Facts. Um, <laughs> uh, especially the energy in the the AAC tonight was crazy. Um, I enjoyed it on the broadcast, so thank y'all. Those of you who showed up, showed out, um, got your tickets from the resellers. However, you did it. Uh, thank y'all. It, the energy was crazy, even though you know the emotional fan reactions to every single foul is always funny to me. It is, but you know it's playoff basketball. You gotta love it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of which. Let's get into it. Uh, so early on in the game, I felt like Luca was still in feel out mode for him. You got to remember this is his second game. Uh, I usually say the first game is almost the first quarter is a throwaway quarter. First of all, uh, the first game as a whole is usually like whoever he figures it out quickest. Um, 
And so for Luca coming into this second, the second game, it felt like he was still feeling some things out early on. He had some terrible turnovers. Um, on the other side, the Jazz seemed to have been making a concerted effort to get Rudy involved early, which had me a little bit concerned. Same. I actually tweeted about it. <laughs> it. It honestly had me concerned very early. Yeah, I didn't want to tweet it because I didn't want to put that energy out there. Someone actually asked me because I said, um, basketball gods, you know, this is the one prophecy I don't want to be right on. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I, I didn't saw want that to tweet. specify. I, I saw the to... reply, too, when somebody asked him. He was like, no, nah, I'm not. You know. I didn't want to put the energy out there on the timeline. But, yeah, that if, if if you were listening to the podcast, you you know what I'm talking about. It's the fact that the Jazz, if they, like, made a real concerted effort to go inside every time, there's not a lot we can do about that besides foul. And if we foul, we get into foul trouble. That's what happened last game. I mean, the last two games that we lost, um, foul trouble cost us. I was going to say, luckily for us, we got him in foul trouble this game. But to be honest, even when he was in, we were doing oh, yeah. a damn good job on offense. But it was like when Hassan Whiteside came in. And granted, Hassan Whiteside is a decent paint protector. Like, you know, he's one of those guys who will jump at everything. And most of the time, yeah. he'll get the block. Uh, and the and fact he has that he's, blocks. yeah, the fact that he's so damn huge is it, gonna affect the jump <laughs> shot. But he's not as effective as a Rudy Gobert, and we were just eating in the mid range and uh, inside the paint area when he was in the game. Like that, the fact that Rudy, I mean, we were already up by like twenty, but Rudy getting into foul trouble with eight minutes left, basically in the third quarter, yeah, that helped a lot to like give us an advantage of keeping the lead or even growing the lead. Right. Um, Cause I think at that point we were pretty much bucket for bucket in the yeah. third up to that point. Like it felt good, but we weren't pulling away. Uh, but then when he went out, that's when things kind of exploded. Um, I noticed in the first, cause one of the things we brought up, especially you brought up was Luca with the step backs. He did have one goofy step back in each of the first three quarters before he finally got one to go that was shouldn't have gone in, but he got one to go. And then that was when the floodgates kind of opened. Yeah. You know, I was definitely going to mention that. Uh, <laughs> I, I could not, the way y'all talk shit to me on Twitter, the, the Luca Dick eaters, mm. the way y'all talk shit to me on Twitter, like, Oh, it's his first game back. Or, Oh, we won this game because of him. There was a damn account. Can't remember the account's name. I swear to God, if I can remember, I'd say it on here right now. Make him famous. Make him famous. Uh, they posted clips of Luka Doncic's buckets in like the fourth or third quarter or whatever, and I was like, "Wow, hate accounts like this because y'all conveniently leaving out the awful step backs that he took on possessions where most of the time no one got the ball, and it came and it was a possession after a Utah miss where we could have gotten some momentum." Just because you can put together a little video doesn't make you uh, have a great, a stronger point, people. Yeah, um, like, but I can make a video to tell you anything. I can make a video to tell you Josh Green is an elite three point shooter and compile every single three he made this season. Facts, but that's not the case. Like um, I, I was talking about it all game and after the game. He's taking these step backs, but when he attacks the basket, they can't stop him. Right. He was successful every time. What happened this game? You know what? That's not a rhetorical question. Bibbs, what happened this game? <laughs> so, and that gets to what I was going to say is 
the the step back threes aren't bad because they're step back threes right. because they're out of rhythm. No, the step back threes like out of rhythm, not running the offense is bad because you're not making the jazz work. You're bailing them out. It's all situational. Right. It's the same thing as me saying that the Jazz should feed Rudy Rudy Gobert as much as possible, or at least use the threat of him. Because by doing that, you make our defense react to him inside. And when our defense is reacting to him inside, shooters are open. Shooters are going to get open. If Luka's just pulling step back threes, the Jazz just get to sit home on their men and not work. But if he's dribbling in the lane, he's bringing two defenders to him. Now he's sucking the defense in and making other guys on the perimeter open. Getting inside, period, however you do it, changes the way the other team has to defend. It affects things in a way that isn't always tangible on the scoreboard. I don't have an issue with Luka's step back shot. That's his signature shot. Especially when, you know, he's in a rhythm, he gets it, you know, on that left or right wing, mainly the left wing, because that's his spot. I'm I'm cool with that. Right. Especially when he's hot. Like, when he hits hot and he hits that, I'm cool with it. But, it, like I said, it's situational. In right. moments where, you know, it's the beginning of the fourth quarter, both teams were shooting bad. Like, you're coming up court, no one's touching the ball, you're dribbling the ball. And you just take a step back. It's like you don't even try to penetrate the defense. You don't try to penetrate the paint, break the defense down, anything. Like, they're going to key in on you. They're going to send an extra guy most of the time. Someone's going to get open. And there's not many players, if anyone, better in the league than finding open men than you are. And we saw that in this game. Like, it was a goddamn master class. The dude, I'm surprised he didn't have a goddamn triple-double. People were missing shots. Um, People were missing shots. Or overpassing. Yeah, and we still won by 30. Yeah, so I think at the half, I had a feeling. you can I can kind of tell how Luka's going to play throughout the game by how, how he progresses. So first quarter, he was wild, throwing ball all over the place. Second quarter, he kind of settled it down a little bit. And at the half, like how he walks into the half, I can kind of tell what his mind mentality is. So. Right. As he went out to the half, I could see the the little nod and the the locked in. I was like, all right, Luca's gonna come out and try to kill these dudes in this in the third quarter. And that's what happened. Um yeah, yeah. Luca Luca's a dog, but Luca in the playoffs is different. Like he came out the gate, he was he was ready to go. And that was being back in the AAC, I'm not sure. That's that's the thing I was looking for because Luca against the Clippers was locked in. and meticulous and they even said it during the broadcast it's something i've started saying a lot lately because i tend to recycle the same terms over and over once i lock in on one but he was surgical in that third quarter uh that's the luca i have been waiting to see it did not happen in the last game it did not happen in the first half of this game but in the third quarter luca started getting surgical on him and i historically i have no reason to believe he's going to go back from there yeah, when Luca doesn't settle on offense, he's unstoppable. Yeah. And when when I say unstoppable, I don't, don't mean just from a scoring standpoint. Like he's unstoppable on offense in general. He's in full control. Full control. Like when when he's not settling, he's in control of the game. He dictates the flow of the game. And when I he, love it's it's beautiful to watch. Man, it's it, it's Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> get into that get into that mid-range 
and you know getting to a, that the fadeaway getting to you know some 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 fake passes to to a floater to a to a a, a, a hand behind the back fake pass you know dipsy do skip skip dips i'm done skip diddly you know all that i don't know what the fuck a skip diddly <laughs> is but i understand speaking <laughs> With, of surgical man i'm scared where this going we can't leave out Jalen brunson that's literally i actually have one more thing i want to say before but okay. we can jump to brunson okay if you no 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 say yeah uh, one more thing first all right so the in that third quarter also clamp god luca came out i saw you tweet that uh, he had to steal on Bojan. Oh wait, let me spit this gum out. I forgot about uh our boy. Sorry, our boy. Yeah, I believe it was Tall Traveler. Well, somebody that um that DM me and told me, you know, uh, I don't know if he could hear it because I wasn't chewing it much, but <laughs> you could hear it in my mouth a little bit. So I don't gotcha. want to like yeah. pause. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, big pause. <laughs> so yeah, uh, he got the steal on Bojan. It was funny because like right before he got the steal, he had almost gotten the steal, and then he locked back down and got it on the next uh, dribble. Um, and then a couple plays or a little bit later in the third, he got a block on a three. Was it Clarkson? I think uh, he got a block on a three. So it was nice to see Luca get down in his stance. And they were talking about how um, Jason Kidd told Luca before the season that he was ranked 250th. Uh, in the league on defense and then like later into the season as we're establishing that we're one of the better defenses he told him he was 150th which it confused me when he said it I was like I'm pretty sure Luca's like one of the top guards ranked defensively right now in the league and then uh, they were like and both of those numbers are complete lies but sometimes you have to be a little tricky with a guy like Luca to get him motivated because you tell him he's bad at something he's gonna take it personal Love to hear it. Keep lying Allah to that Jordan. motherfucker. Allah Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I love it because you know Luca's not up googling a stat muse at all numbers. So if Jason Kidd tells him he's 150th on defense, he's gonna be like, "Well, what the fuck? I thought I was playing good, but I'll take it, man. I'll take it." Um, let's get to Brunson. I'll let you start since you brought it up a while ago. Go ahead, man. It's it's been. A beautiful thing to watch this man this season he along with dorian finney smith he has improved every single year with this team because the fact that we got him and luca in the same draft is like it, it's some oceans 11 shit it like, was great when it happened it, it fantastic you know i didn't see him becoming this honestly but man his footwork feet work his footwork <laughs> is so underrated once he gets into that paint area. His up and under, Kyrie Irving, eat your heart out. Fuck out of here. His up and under not fucking with Jalen Brunson's. I stamped that. If his up and under was that good, they wouldn't have got fucking swept. Oh, man. We ain't <laughs> hey, man, silence. somebody on the Twitter called Kyrie up and under Uma. Man, look. <laughs> Man, hey, shout out Jalen Brunson, man. It's pay that man. And it's the fact that he has the footwork. <clears throat> he has speed. His first step is very quick. When he knows he's got somebody on him that cannot defend him on that perimeter, he gets to the paint with ease. And it's not only his speed. He's a he's small. He's like they say he's six foot one. I think that's bullshit. 
but he's bulky. He's round. The guy. Okay. Uh, hold up. He's a stocky guy. <laughs> he got some. He got, no, I'm not saying that. He got strength <laughs> out of pocket bibs. Man, it's definitely late. Um, <laughs> he got strength down there. You know, he's moving guys around. If he's not moving guys around, I don't understand how y'all fall for that up and under every time. But the fact that he's so effective in the paint, you got to respect it. So guys are going to jump at it. When you see that noggin move, it's hard not to react. <laughs> and the fact that more increasingly, game after game, I'm starting to see that he's not afraid if Rudy Gobert is under that basket. Like, he'll take that mid-range fade. But it also helps that, like you mentioned, I think you alluded it to Steve Nash, he can dribble in that paint, keep his dribble, and come right out of it if he doesn't feel that the shot is efficient enough. So, uh, actually, you know what? This is a terrible transition. Speaking of that, can Josh Green stop doing that shit? Like, bro, I love you, but when you get the fucking ball on the three-point line, if you aren't going to shoot it, do something else with it. Instead of dribbling across the goddamn paint, just to dribble to the other side of the court to pass to somebody else, brother. And can we get a shooter to help Josh Green in the offseason? Because one of these shots is going to hurt somebody. That took a turn. Uh, Getting back to Jalen Brunson. (laughs) (laughs) We talked about it in the last game. Uh, I mentioned, I think I had a tweet about it as well. Jalen Brunson with Luka on the court needed to adopt that CJ McCollum mentality of I'm the guy when the ball is in my hands and he started to do that tonight I definitely saw it initially no but eventually he did start to do it uh there was a couple plays early in the game where he made a move or made a drive and missed a shot terribly or uh made a couple mistakes and typically he would start to clam up in that situation and start to just swing the ball more but he did not do that tonight and uh, that's a huge sign going forward because if if we can have it to where, you know, Luca starts the action, gets shut down, swings it around, Brunson gets a shot, because that happened a few times, and I'm going to tell y'all Toll House Cookies. If you know anything about Toll House Cookies, they're known for being moist. Um, what those the... Were, f- those were the type of moments that I've been looking Yo. for. Hey yo, I can't keep it together. Hey yo, I don't know what's. It's like if you put a toaster strudel in the microwave. No, no, no. Hold on. If you've ever done that, you know. Please don't mention toaster strudel at you didn't just say moist. Like, please don't. Hey yo, finish your point. I'm sorry, I did that, y'all. I would like to apologize. No, man, just just, let's just move past it. So you got (laughs) you got loopy dibs. Um, all right, moving forward. But Jalen Brunson, Luka Doncic being able to take turns and, and, and tag team. <laughs> oh man, I could I I I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't man I couldn't I'm sorry I tried I tried I tried I tried if you'd have just said tag teaming. And you ain't say taking turns, especially considering we really like had these dudes bent over all game. So it's like, so when Luca penetrates and then Jalen <laughs> penetrates and you get that double penetrate. 
I can't see straight. I got I'm lightheaded. Oh man. Oh. <clears throat> oh boy. <clears throat> when you get uh, the defense <clears throat> having to look both ways <clears throat> when you can't see oh. you coming. Uh <laughs> yo, yo. Oh man. Hey, 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 hey. Go to, go to an ad break, man. Go to an ad break. Go to an ad break. Hey, try to these best. Go to an ad break. We get our breath together. <laughs> the NBA playoffs means next level basketball. Get in on the first round action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You win no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet during the first round with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, place the same game parlay each day with three or more legs and get up to $25 in free bets back if one leg doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN, bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first round of the playoffs and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, y'all, welcome back to the Mavs Outsiders podcast. We would like to apologize for how things got off the rails prior to the ad break. Um, thank you for, for staying with us, sticking with us while we get through this. Now, uh, before the break, I was talking about Luca and Don, Luca and Brunson uh, sharing responsibilities whilst on the court at the same time, simultaneously uh, taking turns, sharing the ball, uh, attacking the defense from different angles. Now, there's something else I want to transition to because that is important, and I'm glad it's happening. If it's happening, then this, the ceiling is the roof, as Michael Jordan said. But before we get to that, there's one thing that hasn't happened yet that I do need to happen. Talk about it. And that is Spencer Dimwitty. Talk about it. Spencer Dimwitty has yet to put together a really clean Spencer Dimwitty game. If Spencer Dinwiddie gets it together, if we can get Spencer Dinwiddie to get it together in this next game, if, if we go to the film and find something that he can do to get loose, we're really going to have the Utah Jazz on the casting couch in game six. I ain't going to lie. I'm going to ignore that, but it so did not feel like he played 27 minutes tonight. It honestly my, didn't. My pockets don't feel like it either, so... <laughs> You know what? <clears throat> I enjoyed this game much better when I didn't have a parlay on it. <laughs> it I wasn't upset at anybody. I wasn't cursing anyone's name. I'm not saying I'm done for good. Y'all know I'll be back. I'm just down bad right now. But, boy, when I get that first paycheck from this job, it's up. I promise you. But... Yes, it, it it would be so amazing if the Spencer Dinwiddie came, if the Spencer Dinwiddie game came in Game Six. Boy, that's a tongue twister. Um, Your time. It, it's crazy how he got into the playoffs and turned into playoff Demar Derozan, but 
at the same time, he's not even the third best player on the team. So it's not like we need to be expecting this out of him. Right. But it would be helpful. It's one of those things where, again, like every game that we've lost, every game in the series, really, I felt like if there's an obvious next gear we can get to because everybody's not clicking yet. Yeah. And even like Dorian Finney-Smith and Bullock have not had a big game yet. Well, I mean, I'm not expecting a big game for Reggie Bullock. But I mean, but the fact that we know that they're capable of having one of those games where they just don't miss. And, if, and right now, they've basically just been giving us those consistent 22, 24 points from like between the two. Yeah. Um, that's perfect. Like if they give us that, then they've done their job because they're doing everything else on defense. But we know that they're both capable of hitting 18 to 20. I think with the way Jalen Brunson is playing, it's less likely we get the Spencer Dinwiddie game with Luca being back as well. But if we get a game with all three of them clicking, the Holy Trinity, oh my God. Yeah. Um, go, going back to that, Luca and Brunson, I, I wanted to check the shot distribution. 22 shots for Luca, 20 for Brunson. That's beautiful, man. Beautiful. Let us see it. That's a tandem going to I work. Remember, I remember not even earlier in the season, maybe two months ago, uh, I think it was you talking about, you know, Brunson not getting or taking as many shots as he should when playing with Luca. So, you know, doing this in the playoffs, getting it right at the right time, clicking at the right time, it's perfect. Most definitely, most definitely. Um, <clears throat> we got to talk about the Jazz. So, first of all, the Mavs defense, I'm, I'm just briefly, I got a couple things. The defense for the Mavs was insane. Um, 36 points at the half for the Jazz. They were getting some looks. They weren't hitting them, but they were working for everything. Like, nothing was easy. Um, Donovan, I forgot he existed during that game at one point. Well-fed Dwayne Wade. Boy finished with nine points. If Luka Doncic had nine points in a game, I would have questions. I wouldn't boy, be calling boy, him my boy. F- went out there and played like Trey Young. I wouldn't be calling him my franchise star. Not at all. That was uh, uh, a stray that Trey Young just caught, but also very truthful. Um, I mean, if Donovan won't be the number two to Luka, then cool, but. <laughs> boy had nine points. Um Jordan Clarkson looked like he, it was looked like it was his team tonight. He actually Dang. played with some heart. Jordan Clarkson is what I wish Tim Hardaway Jr. was. Yeah, I remember arguing with Mavs fans about that last year. Clarkson is a better version of Tim Hardaway Jr. Absolutely, hundred percent. It's not even a debate. But yeah, when I see Clarkson, when I saw Clarkson out there, I was like, this is what I wish Tim Hardaway Jr. was. Like, I'm not asking for this every single night, but you know, just being capable of it. Right. Uh, speaking of Tim Hardaway Jr., I really wish we had him during this playoff run. I swear, but I'm curious if if I think they said that they completely shut him down, but I I can see a scenario where they maybe have to pull him out. Maybe if we get deep enough. Come on, man. <laughs> I had to hit the office all if we one time. Make, if we make a deep enough run in the playoffs, say we get to the second round, maybe the right. Western Conference Finals. It's like he's had more than enough time out. I don't think. I'm pretty think sure he's, he's healthy. Healed. He's yeah. pretty. I'm pretty sure he's healthy. Like, though I've seen him shooting around in practice and stuff. He's so not. I don't. I don't understand the reason to keeping him out. I don't. They're they. Uh, uh, 
an abundance of caution is okay. the the quote I believe I saw. But no, um, fucking ain't Clay Thompson. This ain't a Achilles. Injury. You remember like, 2011? They did the same. I feel like Karan Butler healed during the playoffs, and they didn't let him play. Um, but Tim Hardaway Jr. Because of what he does, I think it would be perfectly fine to have him available. Absolutely. And if you need to throw him in there, see what happens. I don't see why that should be a problem. We'll worry about that later. I don't expect it in this series, at least. Yeah, me. Um, at the end of the game, Donovan reached for his hamstring. I don't know if that was a uh, I'm getting blown out and I have to pretend that something's hurt. He did that shit last game, man. Or if it was genuine. But if he is hurt or pretending to be hurt, not looking good for the Jazz in game six. Um, <clears throat> Rudy and Clarkson were the only two that showed up tonight for the Jazz. Uh, 17 and 11 for Rudy, 20 for Clarkson off the bench. Bojan, I guess, uh, having to play clamp god has destroyed his offense because he was 0 for 9 from the field, 0 for 5 from 3 tonight. Uh, Michael Conley was 1 for 6 from the field. Royce O'Neal was 2 for 6. Hernan Gomez, 2 for 6. Just... You look at the box score, it's ugly out there. I don't even remember Daniel House scoring, but he had eight points. Tell y'all something, man. I'm so tired of seeing Juan Hernan Gomez and Daniel House on the goddamn floor getting playoff minutes, and we not abusing these motherfuckers. I'm glad we did it this game, but goddamn it, it's happened way too often. <clears throat> also, why are we so bad at closing out on shots? What do you mean? Oh. Like, not even like, I mean, yeah, sometimes I've seen guys open as like, that's bad rotation. But I'm talking about actually closing out. Like, we get caught with everything. Like, pump fakes. Dudes is running and jumping past the goddamn man, and they not even taking the three. It's like, Brunson, have some discipline. Luca, <clears throat> Dwight Powell even do that a lot. Yeah. Unnecessarily fly by. I've seen Dodo do it aggressively. Dorian's usually not well, he'll fly by, but he doesn't take himself out of the play when he flies by. Like he'll fly by and come back. Right. Like Luca and Brunton mm-hmm. don't fly by and like continue on their way. Like they don't need Spencer to get back too. into the play. Then Witty definitely is a yeah. culprit. I couldn't think of I knew there was somebody else I couldn't think of. Um and it's because they're not defenders. They're doing the closeout because, oh yeah, this is my job now to play defense. But they're not uh they're not accustomed to it. So the the natural instincts of I should close out and chop my feet to close the gap, or I should close out and if I'm gonna do a flyby, land as quick as possible and get back into the play, those instincts aren't in them. So that's still a work in progress. It's something I hope they point out in in film because it was happening too much. And if the jazz weren't in their own heads, it could have been costly a few times. Absolutely. Um, so thanks for bringing that up. <clears throat> what else do I have? Oh, final thing I really wanted to get into for this game is the scuffle. So Luca, for whatever reason, thought he was Vince Carter for a second and went to yam on Whiteside. Whiteside stopped him at the rim like he's supposed to do. On his way down, Luca, I guess, thought that Whiteside was being rough with him, even though he wasn't. 
and started to flail and whatnot and grab him. And, you know, then he turned around and gave him a look. But when he looked, he saw Whiteside was like calm <laughs> and reaching down to help him up. So he, he was like, oh, there's no there's no harm, no foul. But Dorian Finney-Smith and Reggie Bullock saw the initial action, flew over. Whiteside got pushed. He had an aggressive push. He got pushed again, had another aggressive push. Texts were assessed to all involved in the pushing. Uh, a lot of uh, kerfuffle, if you will. And while I was in this, my tweet was a little bit like, oh, Luca was being dramatic. At the same time, I liked it. I liked it, but it wasn't that deep. It wasn't necessary, but I liked it because the Clippers thought they were bullies. They were aggressive for no reason. And we kind of looked soft. This kind of gave us the opportunity to show Luca's protected. We're not soft. We're not pushovers. It's it's almost a symbolic uh, thing. I wish me. they had that energy for Royce O'Neal. I think Royce O'Neal is. I mean, during the game, there was a lot of the Mavs bench uh, telling the refs to review different things because they were still taking shots in this game. Uh, Rudy and those other guys were taking shots to the heads and necks of Mavs players, and they were trying to get them to review. But <clears throat> again, this gave them the opportunity to, to, to get out their, their cuss words and pushes and all that good stuff. And it, it, again, it felt like a symbolic thing of like, this is us crossing that threshold from young team trying to figure it out to team that's ready to, to, to try to make some noise. Like so, you said, it wasn't that serious, but I liked it. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? So yeah, Whiteside got the two techs for the two pushes. Bullock got the push in the tech. Dorian Finney-Smith got the push in the tech. And Bullock had gotten a tech earlier for doing the wave off, apparently. Uh, so he got ejected as well. All good. No suspensions or anything like that should be coming. I wouldn't expect. Uh, it would be wild if they did find something to give a suspension for. That would throw things off, I would say. Um, but Frank also was cleared for this game, did not play, but he was cleared. So he's there. If we need him. there were times in the past games where he would have been nice to have. So it's good to know he's available. I believe you might've said it earlier or somebody said it on a timeline that when Josh was playing around, it would have been nice to have Frank in there. Um, I didn't say it, but okay. It was on a timeline then. <clears throat> I, I don't know if I agree. So Josh, the one thing you did bring up about Josh, the whole catch it in the corner, don't shake the shot, dribble across, pick the ball up, and then look for somebody. That can't happen. I need you to get into a floater, my guy. Um, I need you to – if you got to get blocked at the rim, get blocked at the rim. I don't care. Yeah. Just do something aggressive. Like That's why I said when he learns how to actually play basketball, he's going to be a problem. Yeah, so – Whatever reason he's not coming, I mean, get into the one dribble pull up. Like, dog, you 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 a basketball player. Like, if you're not comfortable taking that three there, if it's too open, you need some movement in your life. I understand that feeling as a hooper. You might need to get that little bounce. Like, they're giving you time and space. Take your time. Get in. Get into the bounce and pull up. Whatever you got to do. Get into a floater, a practice rhythm. You you got time to do whatever you want to do. But dribbling across the lane and then looking for somebody to pass to, you're basically telling them that you're not a threat. Um, and that's that we can't have that. I'm surprised Jason Kidd allowed him to stay out there when he did it like two times in a row. Um, he kept him out there one time, but the next yeah. time, next time he pulled him. It's just wasted time and wasted motion. Right. Like anybody else could have given us a little bit more there. Um, I love what he's doing, what he's doing on the defensive end, but offense, you got to give me a little bit more, baby. 
Um, other than that, I think I feel good going into game six. Uh, the Jazz seemed deflated in this one, but we have to smack them across the head with that thumper uh, coming into game six right off the bat and let them know what it's about. Yeah, we can't let up, and I'm confident in us winning in Utah, honestly, uh, even after last game. We didn't win that game, but it was very close. We could have won. Uh, we got the momentum. Like, if this was just a regular close win, I would feel a different way about game six. But the fact that we whooped their ass like this, I think they just ready for this to be over with. <clears throat> yeah, it's time to send them send them home. Let them reevaluate their lives, see which players are going to get traded. Um, it, it's time to, to close it out. I agree. On the game and the podcast. Let's get it. <laughs> uh, if you don't have anything else to add, uh, we talked about the Northman, right? Last game? Yeah. Our last five. <clears throat> uh, unbearable weight. I told you I watched it. And it was weird. It changed tonally throughout the movie. In the beginning, I felt like the dialogue was complete buns. They were saying the F word, every other word. And it was unnatural. Like everybody was saying it. And it was like, yeah, could y'all use a little bit more of the English language, like anybody? Um, but once they got settled into it, once um, Nick Cage and what's what's old buddy's name? Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal. Uh, their characters started talking about what was happening um, in the movie and talking about making a movie. Like once they got to that point in the movie, that's where it really kind of took off for me, and I, I enjoyed it. I, yeah, I enjoyed it from there. I, I enjoyed it very much. Uh, I initially gave it an 8 out of 10, but the more I think about it, I want to drop it down to a 7, which isn't bad. Okay. It's just I don't think it's an 8. But, um, yeah, I enjoyed it. Like, it it wasn't an issue for me in the beginning. It was kind of slow, though, but it wasn't slow taking me out of it. But right. the minute he hooked up with Pedro Pascal, I was like, okay, this is yeah, this, this is really good. There was an element of mysteriousness and there was the awkwardness of their interactions. Like, I liked all that. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. I will Um, watch it again. Yeah, I could definitely. I feel like watching it again would give me a different perspective on it because I know what to expect. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's that. Uh, Better Call Saul is back. If you're a fan, they they came right out of the gate with it. Uh, Get back back on Better Call Saul. I actually missed tonight's episode. I've never watched it. Me and my girlfriend are supposed to be starting it together because I got her hooked on Breaking Bad. She finished Breaking Bad, and I said, "You know what? Yeah, we should start Better Call Saul together." So they do it so well, man. Like you're you're gonna, especially if you if you rewatched it with her. Uh, I didn't rewatch it with her, but I did go back and watch. Like I watched a few episodes with her. Okay, so you you got the feel for it. Like it'll Better Call Saul similarly set up and paced. Um. But again, they bring in a lot of new characters. They expand on some old characters. It's beautiful. Uh, but that's that, folks. Uh, I don't want to keep us on here too long. I think we're at about 40 minutes. Um, if you don't have anything else to add, we will see y'all on Thursday. Yes. Yes, Thursday. Beautiful. We'll catch y'all on Thursday. Go Mavs. MFFLs for life. Yeah. On phone them gang. Crit. Thank you.